Welcome to Devotions in the Deep End. I'm Cam Buchanan, and this is a carefully crafted devotional journey through the New Testament. Let's venture into deeper water as we consider what it means to follow Jesus in the world we live in now. Welcome to a shorter episode of Devotions in the Deep End. Our passage for our time together is Luke chapter 12, verses 54 to 59. Let's read that now. Jesus said to the crowd, When you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say it's going to rain, and it does. And when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right? As you are going with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on the way, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Now, I happen to live close to a farming community, and I have hobbies and habits that rely, to some degree, on understanding local weather. I have a vegetable garden that needs to be maintained, and I have a golf handicap to nurture. And these are all outdoor things which cause me to keep an eye on both the weather report as well as what I see in the sky for myself. In my setting in the southern part of Australia, an easterly or northerly wind may lead to warmer conditions, while we often get wild, windy and wet conditions from the west and the south. This teaching we've just read begins with a pretty common practice among those in the audience of Jesus, and it's not unlike my own experience as well. Theirs was an agricultural community, and watching the sky was more than a pleasant pastime for them. Cloud rising in the west indicated wet weather coming in from the Mediterranean Sea. A southerly wind came from the Negev Desert, and in both instances, the farmer would prepare according to what he was seeing emerge. It was a tried-and-true process which a savvy farmer could use to be as proactive as he could be with his crops. But Jesus is pointing out here that there is something going on that these people are not reading anywhere near as well, even though they really should be. They are not properly reading what God is doing in their very time. There are visible signs that should indicate something big was happening, but they are in danger of missing it altogether. In recent episodes, we have seen this play out a bit. And in fact, the whole of chapter 12 speaks into some pretty big wake-up calls which are designed to help the people of Israel read the time better. It begins with a wake-up call from Jesus about the Pharisees and their yeastiness. It will call for the crowd to pick a side with where they stand with Jesus, and he even promises persecution for those who do choose him. He then goes on to point out things like covetousness among them and calls them to invest in ways where eternity matters more than it currently does. There is a real choice to be made, as we saw last time, where pockets of society will ask us, us or him. And Jesus expects the crowd to say him, no matter the earthly consequences of that. And this chapter calls the would-be follower to a state of readiness for the time the master will return to fulfill and restore all things. It should be patently clear at this time that Jesus is bringing something new, and the weather or the climate around him, as it were, the Pharisaic opposition on one hand and the irresistible way he drew the sinner in on the other were very much like spiritual rain clouds and desert winds at the same time. In this new kingdom that Jesus is inaugurating, refreshing rain will come, 
particularly for those who are seeking it. And it will get hot, particularly for those who are in resistance. The discerning will pick up on the climate when the spirit makes his presence felt or known, and the spiritually astute will act accordingly. Now it is clear that loads of people were reading the climate well. The more sinful folk who had been trodden down even further in their sin were finding freedom in Jesus. They found the Mediterranean rain, as it were, for their souls and were leaning into its refreshing. When he came by and merely said the words, follow me, they were able to respond to that so quickly and openly. We read beautiful images of wholeness restored in numerous lives in the gospel accounts. But of course, there were others who were seeing it more like a desert wind. The more religious or others who are seeing their ways being challenged by the ways of Jesus. And I believe it is those who are being drawn into the warning at the end of this teaching. The process described is actually quite accurate about how things went down in that part of the world. There was no real culture of lawyering up, no extended times of waiting for court dates or anything like that. It was often a case of simply, you are in the wrong and I want this sorted here and now. I want what is owed, I need what is just, and I haven't got time to wait. Then, as the process is initiated, it's hoped that the person who is allegedly in the wrong, as he sees the courtroom on the horizon, may well either negotiate a deal where repayment could be arranged, or he could simply have a change of heart and admit fault and say sorry. The one making the charge would then need to determine whether to take it to powers outside of them both, or make a deal or reconcile before it got further out of hand. Think of it as an out-of-court settlement, but without all that lawyer jargon or their fee for that matter attached to it. But also think of it as a wronged party not getting their day in court if they choose to accept the negotiation process along the way. The fact of the matter was that with Jesus and the kingdom now being at hand, a revealing had begun. Sinfulness was being exposed. Not in some big moralistic crusadish sort of way, but more by exposing the heart of the people as a whole. Sure, all the big things were known and being dealt with, but pride and covetousness and injustice were all residing in the heart of the people, and it was sitting just below their thin religious veneers. And their ultimate sin of rejection would soon become a reality with the cross. A pathway leading to an appointment with a holy judge was coming. Jesus himself will be occupying that seat on the doorstep of eternity. But despite all that he would endure at the hands of man, he is not going to be looking for his day in court, as it were, unless he needs to. Indeed, if it gets to that point where wrongdoing has to be addressed in that setting instead of the journey there, there will be a judgment call that the wrongdoer will not like. But Jesus is making an invitation to all who would hear. Be reconciled to God before that time comes. Friend, I wonder how you are going at reading the spiritual climate around you at this time. If you are on the outside of faith looking in, what are you experiencing as you consider these words of Jesus at this time? Is there something drawing you deeper into wanting to know him more? That is the wind of refreshing that is seeking to get your attention, seeking to offer you relief from sin and relief from the dry ways of this world and its systems. Will you recognize it for what it is and open yourself up to the invitation of Jesus to follow him even now? Do you fear the idea of meeting God at the end when all of this life stuff is done? Well, you don't have to. The unambiguous invitation of Jesus here is to be reconciled with God before that time comes. 
He's not looking for a day in court to show you all the ways that you fell short. He's actually looking to settle now, with the cross and resurrection being proof of his intentions. He's not even in the wrong here, but still seeking our welfare and our best for eternity. Are you indifferent about that final day? Are you clinging to your own perception of goodness, figuring the good will override the bad? You may be misreading the climate Jesus speaks of here, ignoring the desert winds, as it were, that might be swallowing around you. We are told here and elsewhere that there will be a day where we will meet Jesus as our judge. And if we're not relying on Jesus in this life now, we will not be relying on anything sufficient for that day. So friend, look to the cross. Be reconciled. Take the offer that is available now. And let the day we do meet the judge be a joyful one. Thanks for tuning in. To stay in touch, like our Devotions in the Deep End Facebook page and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, be sure to put up a rating and even a comment if your platform allows for it, as this will help others know what to expect. I look forward to catching up next time.